G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper Leagues. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays again. Welcome back, mate. I'm back, everyone. I think everyone's quieter. Happy to have the Oracle back. Uh, me and Dossie were just throwing darts for the last few weeks, but we need your magical darts that uh, yeah. come through and actually hit the bullseye every now and then. So I, I listened to a little bit of the last pod and Dossie was throwing more darts than, than a lot of people. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it'll get better. It'll get better. Okay. okay that's nah, good. it was uh, very good of Louie and Doss to help out the last couple of weeks. Very much appreciated. And, uh, yeah, I'm just actually happy to be back nice and refreshed and, uh, yeah, ready to hopefully the uh, the remedy gut feels are still churning strong in my belly. I think we'll have to limit the uh, trips away in the footy season from now on, Kays, just because right. um, my life was a nightmare the last uh, two weeks just trying to organise everything and get it done. So, uh, yeah, please don't go away again for my Saturday. That'd be great. <laughs> um, all right. So, following round five, Kays, how mm. did your team fare this week uh, in the home league? Oh, man, I put up a massive score and got absolutely beaten. I noticed that. Uh, what did I score? I actually went bananas. But uh, I've actually, I've, I'm actually the highest scoring team in our league but have conceded like I don't know hundreds more like I'm like everyone just loves to play me for some reason and I'm three and two and I don't understand why yeah well, I think don't think we've played yet so you won't get too many back from me maybe you've just played all the uh, the top <laughs> yeah, teams you'll probably have your best ever game against me and pit me somehow it's nuts well I actually had a win on the weekend in our league so I was zero and four and now Jeez. I'm one and four so uh, beat the team that was third after two of his players got injured so I was glad that that was happening to someone else uh, other than me because that was actually my first week yeah, first week the, this week that I haven't had player golf injured uh, halfway through the match. So, it's a nice feeling. Yeah, it was a nice feeling to actually have some people finish the game for a change and put up a half-decent score for me anyway. Yeah. So, anyway, James Warple, I still want his head. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get stuck into the show. So, uh, yeah, I'm about to crack my Remedy Kombucha case before we get started. we got the cola this delicious week. Delicious drop, delicious drop. So, just remember, if you want some uh, cheap Remedy Kombucha, head to their website, uh, use the coupon KEEPER20 and uh, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Mm. for your Remedy Kombucha addictions out there. You can feed that from that. So, yeah, thanks to Remedy for that. healthy addiction. Oh, definitely it is too. Uh, but on the back of uh, another sponsorship, I guess we'll move on to, which is the Zambreros who are looking after our listeners for the last uh, few weeks or well, for the rest of the season, really. Amazing. They're delicious, giving... delicious burritos. Oh, you haven't been on here to plug uh, Zambreros, No, I haven't had have a you? Zambreros plug Yeah, yet. yeah. I think you had you posted a photo on your socials the week you left mm-hmm. um, and then uh, of your, your huge meal that you ate. I'm, I'm assuming you shared that between two people. Uh, look, Rachel <laughs> might have had a little bit, but yeah, it was mainly I, I, I ate that burrito and then had uh, just cleaned up the uh, the rest of the burrito bowl. Yeah, uh, it's a good way to go. Uh, Dossie and I had a romantic date uh, last week out at Zambrero. So yeah, mm, if you cute. if you uh, if you guys hit up Zambrero's, uh, tweet us in your in your burrito pictures. We like to see them. We, we love a good burrito pic. So and uh, if you've got yeah. any like secret recipes and stuff. Oh, that's know. even better actually. Yeah, yeah like the Churdo, which mm-hmm. was uh, one of our listeners and maybe the listener that kind of orchestrated this whole thing because he may own a couple Zambrero restaurants. Uh, but he uh, he sent in his order, which was the added corn chips, black rice, and the yeah. mixture of sauces. So, uh, yeah, I still haven't ordered that yet. I chickened out again. Uh, when I'm, I'm going to do it next time. Yeah, I've got to actually just ask and be a pain. Like, can I add some random shit to this? And they'll be yeah. like, yeah, no worries. But anyway, uh, let's do it. So, if you want to get in on our Zambrero competition, which is where we give away two free burritos each week to a listener, uh, one for them and a mate, uh, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambrero and get on there or just click all the links on our socials and uh, website. It's everywhere. Um, all right, Case, who is the winner this week? Drum roll. It is Adam Reed from Bicton, WA. I read that as Bitcoin then. Um, um, so I thought he was just uh, trading some crypto. Definitely in holiday <laughs> mode. Where is Bicton? I looked this up today. Uh, is it? Is it? It's south of Perth. Yeah. Yeah. It's just near Frio. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there you go, Bicton. 
educational in many ways yeah. on this podcast. Well done, Adam Reed. I actually posted that today, so uh, it should be coming to you shortly. Anyways, let's get stuck into the round rewind. First game of the weekend was St Kilda versus Richmond. Uh, did I look at this one or did no, you? No, it was me. It was you. Yeah. Uh, we'll start off with the Saints. Uh, Nick Caulfield, 104 points. He has returned from the dead. Now, I saw Hef. The big movers and shakers of the fantasy world, a.k.a. Hollywood Hef Gerlach, was tweeting the fantasy gods asking for a good game from Nick Caulfield. The fantasy gods, yes. The fantasy gods. And guess what? They delivered for you. I don't know why, but uh, they did. This is a very funny uh, Twitter handle. Um, I think it's at God's Fantasy Gods AFL or something like that. Get on board. Just search for it. It's very, very funny. Uh, but uh, Coffield had 23 touches, but his 12 marks is the key on the night. Uh, really, to me, looked like he was back to that role he was playing so well last year. Amazingly, he only had one point at quarter time, uh, probably aided by Jimmy Webster going down, um, allowed him to kind of come back and play the role that he played so well. So, I'm backing him in big time that this form is going to continue. Uh, Tommy Highmore likely to come in and play a bit more defensive, which kind of releases him. But um, look, surprisingly, he's only 73% own, which I thought is quite low for a, for a gun like Caulfield. But uh, yeah, Hef, you must be very happy. I am, but just watching the game, it just looked like a bit of a byproduct of St. Kilda just not being able to move the ball out of their defense. Well, yeah. Which was what I really, I really actually just worry about that because if they weren't getting so clogged up down the field by Richmond, if they're playing a lesser opposition, he might not have just gotten the end of just so many of those chip around marks. So that's the only thing I'm worried about. Um, yeah, but that said, we've seen St. Kilda struggle this year and he still hasn't been able to score. So it's it's definitely a good sign. I'm just worried about the sustainability of it. That's all. I th- I'm backing him in. I all think right. there's some there's some, some future there for him. Uh, uh, Josh Battle, 84 points from him. He's starting to string some really good games together as well. He's just playing this wingman, swingman hybrid so well. Uh, basically can play anywhere on the ground. Had 19 touches, eight marks. They're the keys for him. He kind of floats in and takes some good intercept marks across the wing and half back. Look, it probably uh, helps that his fantasy game I think that the Saints are a bit up and down uh, kind of means that they have to kind of use him to fix it so he can plug gaps. But uh, look, he's got center forward status, um, not superly high owned either. So a very handy pickup for sure if you can get him there. And Luke Dunstan, 74 points from him. Look, he checked in after Zach Jones was a late out on the night and we know he's more than capable on his day. 16 touches, six marks, four tackles, just a pretty solid game there. I think he was one of the only guys, he, he played one game last year and averaged 100, so 125 BCV. Look, I think if he can hold his spot. He's one who can score. Um, I reckon, obviously, off the back of a big loss, there's probably a few guys who are in the firing line a bit before him. So, might be of an astute pickup if you're uh, looking for a mid. And what about some Richmond players? Okay, does anyone tickle your fancy uh, there? Look, probably a bit of a tip of the cap for Jack Rewalt with his 109. I know key forwards are the rage this year, but for me, he's in a void. Um, they're not going to play the Saints each week. And they do have a tough month coming up, the Tigers. They've got to play uh, the Demons, Dogs, Cats and Giants. So I can't see him getting off the chain like he did on the weekend. He's basically had 50s and 60s the three weeks prior. So he's one to not get sucked into off that one bag there. Jackie Graham, 106 points for him. Uh, his second 100 the night. Uh, sorry, of the year, but he's kind of come off three fifties in between that. So this is really the Jack Graham story. Super frustrating for owners. His best form is great, but it just yo-yos too much. Realistically, on the night, his twelve tackles and three goals were the reason for his big score. That. Uh, equates to 66 points. So, possessions have been the issue for him this year, only kind of averaging 16 and a bit in his last few games. Look, when Cochin plays, he just doesn't score. Like his tackle numbers and the goals are the difference on the weekend. So, don't get sucked into him just yet either. I think next year or the year after once Cochin's gone and there's a bit more room in there, he's one to get on board. But uh, this year, I think you'll still see some yo-yos. 
and my boy Man, Shaney very close Edwards. To your heart, Shane Edwards. Ninety-eight points, you sweet, sweet red wine, Titch Edwards. Eighty-one average for a thirty-two-year-old. What a gun! You poo-hooed me in the preseason when I picked him up. He is so hungry for the footy, still so quick. Like he's not slowing down whatsoever. He is proving to be the perfect um, draft pickup. M six to seven. I think he might be one you can target if you are hunting a flag because uh, people might be happy to part with him purely because of his age. But uh, he's so consistent, and I just don't see it dropping off. I just didn't know you were hunting a flag this year, Kaz, but. Uh, with the players you picked up, they're actually performing quite well. You just you probably want to win it because there's you know, a lot of the older players are going to fall off. I'm going to win it, baby. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, West Coast versus Collingwood. So, Jack Redden, he came back uh, to the podcast this season after a 58 average uh, BCV. That's just under 80, so not good enough. Uh, but I think he's 2G4P again, which is too good for the podcast for those new listeners out there. Mm-hmm. At least for now, with all their mids out, I think yep. he's kind of carrying a playing a major role in that midfield right now. 37 possessions, just playing as inside PB, I think, 37, yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, averaging 97 this year. Unfortunately, that's 2G4, you know, fortunately, that's 2G4P. Unfortunately for us, we're not talking about him anymore. Well done, Jackie boy. That's it. Uh uh, Josh Rotham uh, had 106 points, uh, had 15 marks, and uh, I guess the the chip mark thing that West Coast do when they when they look to move the ball but they can't really you know get forward or they just kind of hover until they pick the best option, mm-hmm. they just play keep it off their opponent basically. So he really gets involved in this, and he was playing on Darcy Cameron as well. So he got on the end of a lot of wayward ball coming inside 50 for Collingwood too. So he's averaging 80 this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, big fan of him. I oh, don't you probably own him as well, don't you? I yeah, do of own course him. Yeah, I haven't. He hasn't even started for me yet, and I was a bit filthy. I didn't loophole him in this week, but yeah. uh, look, he's just purely playing that amazingly. A fantasy-friendly third key yeah. back role, like yeah. Cole and McGovern are taking the big, big guys. And he hasn't really had to play any lockdown roles so far this year, not really no. anyway, so no. it's been nice. Uh, Jeremy McGovern had 95 points. He just marked everything coming in his direction. Um, Collingwood four line is just a shamble yeah. at the moment. So they played Darcy Moore forward. Dugowie went down, so there was no one to hit up on the lead. Um, I guess this helps his score a bit, but he's averaging 90 from his last three, but I just not a huge fan of the you know key defenders like him, but mm. the way he clunks the ball and the, the, I guess the amount the ball's coming into the forward 50s at the moment, uh, he's definitely an option right now. Uh, just a few to mention. Uh, Oscar Allen had 91 points but needed five goals to get there. Same with Jack Darling, really. He had 90 points but needed five goals to get there also. Jared Brand is a big one. So he had 80 points and his wing role, kind of half forward role that he's playing has become super fantasy friendly this year for mm. a lot of teams. I guess it really depends how quickly your teams move the ball on that, but I think this role has become, it's, it's kind of like the new wing role. It's kind of moved a, a little bit forward. So, um, um, yeah, I, I really like him at the moment and he's scoring really well. He's always shown his potential as well and he's an athletic type as well so he can kind of move up and down the ground and take a few marks as well. So I like him too as another one to uh, think about. But honestly, some Collingwood players, um, look, there's not a lot to talk about here so I just thought some just some observations really. So like Jack Majden, he had 62 points but it was kind of talked about how he played in the wing the week before but he went back to defence this week and just didn't get that nice role that we saw the week before and it probably wasn't going to stay anyway. Um, but there's a few younger players or rookies, I guess. So Bro McCreary had 59 points. And he showed some okay signs, but needs to do a lot more. Um, I guess to be, you know, fantasy relevant, really. Same mm-hmm. with Finlay McRae. Like, he had 54 points, but he actually looked pretty good with the ball in hand. And some yeah. of his kicks were just perfect. There were some yep. deliveries inside 50s that were really nice to see. Now, Kays, Jack McRae had 64 on debut. Mm-hmm. He had 54 on yep. debut. So, if he's going to average 10 points per game less than that, you'd take it, won't you? You definitely would. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched it and he just... He looked really good. Like, yes, he's not going to get a heap of ball first year, but he looked like he definitely, he like, definitely actually like physically. He's got appearance. that weird hunchy <laughs> run that they both do. But uh, yeah. look, he did pass the eye test to me. I think he's got some talent. And the way Collingwood are going, you can't see them dropping him unless it's for a rest or something. Yeah, this so year, he gets him, yeah, he's going to get a good, good crack at it this year, which is good for him. 
Cool. Let's move on to Western Bulldogs versus Gold Coast. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Dale, 108 points. Who actually saw this Bailey Dale uh, Backman revival? Definitely not I. He's playing really, really good footy. Uh, 92 average in his last three games. I suppose the big question is, does it last? And I think it does. He's only 71% owned too. So, if you are keen, get on board because as a forward playing back, it's a really, really high chance you'll get DPP this week. Uh, someone in very good form. I'd get on board now if you are keen. I think with Crozier coming back this week, that was a thing I was mainly concerned about and it didn't affect him at all. So. Didn't affect him, but now we've seen Daniel will come back in, yes. But yeah, then true, true. Bailey Williams goes out. So, there's just yeah, okay. all the spots today. have kind of already just worked itself out. So, um, leads it on nicely to Hayden Crozier who had 82. Uh, I tweeted during the week that he was probably my pickup of the week with no Caleb Daniel. He's just so consistent. Uh, 17 touches, eight marks, just does what he does, just floats across there, takes some nice intercepts. Um, I'm happy to back him in. Um, yes, as I said, Daniel comes in, but uh, Crozier is more of a marking interceptor. So, he'll definitely hold his spot, especially with uh, Bailey Williams out. And Jason Johannesson's playing absolute garbage football. So, he's probably the first one on the chopping block, I think. Um, Crozier is another one, 60% owned. So, definitely one to get in. Jordan Sweet, got to give him a bit of a tip of the cap. 73 points in his first ever game. It's very interesting move by the Dogs. A smart move, I think. Uh, play the debutant against the ruckless Gold Coast. Perfect time. 31 hitouts, eight touches, two marks, all from 64% time on ground. So he was going at a good clip. Um, it's probably going to be one in and who knows how many out. Um, so you don't think there's any chance that they, you know, just play Tim English as a pure forward? And bring you know play Steph Martin and uh, I would say that they would think that GWS is a danger game and it's probably a bit too of a risky move to play all three of them. I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it as well. Like the the combo that they've had with the Martin English combo was working out well. Um, I suppose for me, this whole question is it's more head scratching for Tim English's future. Does Bevo see him as purely as a permanent forward now? Because even on the night, so I thought, oh, you know, sweet play sixty four percent time on ground, yeah, sweet, but. Tim English only had six hitouts on the night. Lewis Young had eight hitouts. He actually had more hitouts than bloody Tim English. So, have they just written him off as a as a ruckman? Because if so, that's a big issue as a you know an owner because you need him kind of progressing into that ruck role that he's supposed to be playing. Six hitouts for English as a full time ruck is a good night for him. So, yeah, yeah good joke. <laughs> nah, but seriously, I don't know why you're worried. He's genuinely a good contested marking yeah, forward. He had a quieter night for some reason. Him and Norton both stunk, and the Bulldogs smashed him by. Yeah, by I don't, hours. I don't mind him as a forward option anyway. Like I think it's. But do you reckon? Okay, say he plays forward all this year. Look at someone like Ron Marshall. He could genuinely turn into like someone like that. It's like, true, but Ron Marshall actually rocks. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> the other thing is, okay, so say he keeps playing the role he's playing all this year. Is he going to get ruck forward DPP next year or will he be a forward only? Well, he's already got it in ultimate footy. Yeah, Has but he- will he lose the ruck is the one I want to know. Nah, he's the genuine second ruckman, so okay. he'll keep it, yeah. And he'll be handy to have that and he'll score really well playing forward. That makes me feel better. He's actually like a really good player, like a really good fantasy player as a forward. I'm yeah. happy with him, yeah. Thank you. You finally come around after yeah. years of hatred. <laughs> uh, Paddy Lipinski, 65 points. Just a quick one. Poor lad. I just don't know how he's supposed to play a good footy when he's in, out, sub, then he's not sub, then he is sub, then he's in. Then oh, It's just he's getting bevoed. I just got to pray for a club change for him. Um, he's very good people. So, if you're an owner, just hang tough this I, season. I, I hear you are an owner now, but we'll talk about that later a on fresh the owner. I'm, I'm keen. I'm on board. But uh, we're going to the Gold Coast. Oleg Markov, 100 points from him. He's basically a, a genuine fantasy player now. Second ton this year. Yeah, really good drive off halfback for them. One of the greatest moustaches in the game as well. Absolutely. He's been a great pickup for Gold Coast and probably a lot of coaches late in drafts. 
Is he too good for the pod, half, or does he need one more? Because uh, he had a few couple of lean weeks, so I think we need to give him. Need he needs more. probably three big ones in a row, I reckon. Okay. So, yeah. so he's, he's building. Uh, Jared Harbrow, 88 points. Um, just wound back the clock on the weekend with 18 touches and nine marks. He's 32 years old. Isn't he their assistant coach too? I yeah. just don't know what's going on with the Gold Coast and who they're playing like. Braden Fiorini, Will Brody, Jeremy Sharp are all playing twos, and he got – you know, Jared Harbrow running around just off halfback, kind of doing what he wants. I assume it's for some kind of leadership back there. But, you know, Bose and that seems to be doing a good job there. But I think it's mainly just the Butterick went out. So, he comes yeah, in and plays that role. Well, and it's just how they- they're Like, Drew loves defensive type players. Like, mm. if you don't defend, and this is why Will Well, Bro they should probably stop game. recruiting guys like Rory Atkins then. Because yeah. he had a game on the weekend, 26 touches in the VFL. Yeah. Hope, he might be one that comes in and replaces Harbrow. But, but basically, if you don't defend, he doesn't pick you. Yes. Yeah, it's, so. it's just a weird makeup yeah, yeah. of the, the Gold Coast Suns side at the while. And this guy as well, Jai Farah. No disrespect to him, 86 points on debut. But what the hell? Where'd that come from? Or who'd he come from? Like, I think he played a couple of games late last year and he was okay, but didn't put up anything like yeah, that. No, yeah, no, but he played purely across half back had 21 touches eight marks and two tackles <laughs> yes he had a good score am i backing jay farrow into play next week probably not i don't know who's going to play for gold coast next week that's that's really to be honest way but, too um, hard to pick what on stooges some of these moment. yeah some of these borderline uh, suns players are really really just who knows yeah he played one game last year in the last game of the year and scored 31 so yeah, yeah. So, yeah. this is genuinely yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. And lastly, Ben Ainsworth, 77. Seriously, Ben, if you're listening, please improve, son. I inspected, I expected bigger numbers from you. You're putting up some trash games. Get piggy. <laughs> You've been told, Ben Ainsworth, and we'll move on to Sydney versus GWS. Uh, great game. Great comeback by GWS to uh, win in the end. But, uh, look, Lance Franklin, I've got him on the list. He's out now. But uh, he had 98 points. And he looked back to his best. He kicked five goals. Um, and he went late in lots of drafts as well. So, tip of the cap to the coaches out there that picked him up. Um, look, he's had scores of 49, 71 there, 98. And he was building... I was going to say, could he get 2G4P again? But he needs to get fit and actually play some a consistent stretch of games. So. He could be yeah. one of these guys that whoever's drafted him and they think they're in the window could win him a grand final. Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe you get someone you get cheaply and uh, mm. could play around. Uh, could it be a farewell game then? He's still got two years on the still contract. Still got another year. But like, if the they, contract, they yeah. could genuinely be a sniff to make finals the way they're going. They're playing great footy. They play Gold Coast in round 23. Yeah. That's a little tip keep because- him, um, Keep him on your radar. It genuinely won me a grand final with Michael Barlow and Brennan Goddard in 2018 in their farewell games. I think Goddard had 120, Mick Barlow had 130-odd. Um, and yeah, the kind of retirement game, uh, if especially if they've been a good fantasy scorers in the past, they can generally go big. Or well, someone like Franklin, they'll look to try to kick him 10 goals. So yeah. You, yeah, keep he might be getting ground. close to that 1,000 or whatever he needs yeah. to get. Keep your ear to the ground. If he does look like retiring at the end of the year, could be one to get in. Uh, Sam Reed had 94 points. And the score was kind of buoyed by Hickey going down, I think. Um, they'll bring in cover next week. So, I don't know if he'll go this big again for 94. But, Kay, has he been pretty happy with his performance the last few weeks? Yeah, he's building nicely. Uh, two good games in a row. Obviously, Buddy out now means that he's probably the focal point yeah. and Logan McDonald plays the second stringer. Um, look, they're playing Gold Coast. So, they don't have a heap of good backs in this week. And um, he's probably going to play second ruck when probably Sinclair comes in, I'd guess. Um, so, he's going to get a few hit-out points. He's going to be around the ball. I think he could have another good week this week, especially if you are looking for a forward. Uh, I think he's only 20% owned too, so potentially a little get on board. Uh, Will Hayward had 94 points, and he's worked his way back into the side after losing his place in the early rounds of this year. Uh, kicked three goals playing up forward. He's never been a huge scorer, so he'd need to uh, back it up before I consider him, but just a bit of a tip of the cap there. And I just want to mention, Dylan Stevens is alive, guys. Yeah, Dylan Stevens. He's 
He uh, came on late as the sub. So I'm hoping that the loss uh, sparks a few changes so we can see him in action again because he was one of the shining lights of uh, this young Sydney Brigade last year. And hmm. I guess there's just too many people playing the same role at the moment. But uh, I guess like your your Gouldens and your uh, Warner was down a bit on the weekend. Campbell's struggling. We might actually see some changes. I think some Campbell of these might in. be one that gets a rest. Yeah. Uh, they've said that Robottom's coming straight back in this week. So yep. probably hurts Stevens a bit. But, you know... <sighs> Golden or Campbell or maybe even Warner to have have a rest a couple of times a you know a year yeah um, might be worth the while if he can uh, get his opportunity and seize it uh, he's definitely a good player so it'd be good to see him play again uh yeah so Brent Daniels uh, he's one of your like your uh, soft boys not you know <laughs> no, not, he's not yeah 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 like you like him he's in he's in my extended family yeah yeah I get yeah. you so uh, eighty three points uh, gets a bit of midfield time and then pushes forward as well. Kick the goal. He had 18 possessions. Like, he looks good and he's a good player, but he's just not an accumulator of the footy. So, mm. uh, 83 points. I guess a bit of a tip of the cap there as well. Callum Ward, 80 points. Nothing huge, but he's definitely getting that midfield bump we saw with Cornelio out. Um, so, while uh, Cornelio is out, uh, he's definitely one to be starting in your midfield because he can go big on his day with that sort of opportunity. And Tom Green had 77 points, um, 24 disposals. He was playing on um, Josh Kennedy as well. So, I think that was just a good learning experience for him. And he actually showed something this weekend playing on better opposition. So, I know it's mm his second year and I guess we're probably being a bit overly critical on him but just the hype that kind of was surrounding him coming into the competition um, look it's just good to see him put up a half reasonable score this week what I did find out when I was listening to the pod you two are very harsh on second year players who expect them to be breaking out everyone second- should know that they break out in their third year lay off Harry Schoenberg lay off Tom Green this is their development year they're going to bloom next year data wise uh, long term and re- in short term even more so short term data wise the breakout year is technically the second year we've kind of worked out as analysing the numbers and in the short term recently the second year has been like more fruitful than the thirds recently in the last couple of years so. it's a horrible call we all know thanks to Remedy Kombucha <laughs> my gut feel is it's third year breakout <laughs> yeah. so don't screw, listen to this data screw data you don't, do, you don't do a lot with evidence and data <sighs> I'm in marketing I don't listen to your, data your gut feel gut feel <laughs> gut feel uh, alright so we'll move on to Carlton versus Port Adelaide uh, Carlton, a few players to start off with. Uh, Jack Nunes, 85 points. He's playing at four this season, but he's actually been pretty serviceable so mm. far. Um, he's averaging 83. So that's 2G4P territory at the moment. Um, I think pick him if you need a forward desperately because um, he should be around on a few waiver pulls as well. So I don't mind Jack Nunes if you need a forward desperately. Not quite uh, 2G4P yet, but uh, he needs to show a bit more, but he's definitely in that territory averaging 83. Uh, Lucky Fogarty, or is it Fogarty? I'm not really sure if I'm actually pronouncing that incorrectly. I just go by what the mm-hmm. commentators say, and it's Fogarty, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Anyway, so we'll go with Fogarty. I think Doss is just trying to throw a- uh, it's, John, it's John Fogarty, the great singer of Isn't Clear, different Green, Clearwater Revival. Isn't there a H in there? I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's move on. 77 points for him. Um, look, was better this week after a dismal showing the week before. Seemed to be much more up forward this week, though. So, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to tell if you're not- if yeah, they're not getting the CBAs, if they actually rotate rotate through there, but um, yeah, not as much mid time as when he was had that big game a few weeks ago. And I think Matt Kennedy into the side could be a bit of the cause of this as well. So I think he came on as a sub last week and then played a full game this week. So look, he's travelling okay as a forward. I just want to you know still see a bit more from him because that the game he showed a few weeks ago looked like he was about to just take off, but uh, mm. yeah, not quite showing it since. Port Adelaide, Carl Amon, one hundred and ten points. Have we made him two G four P yet? 
Um, I don't know. Have we? I don't think we have. But He's pretty handy, isn't he? Yeah. He's your only good pickup from your draft this year. Oh, so. I got a few Mitch Georgiatis, yeah. Devin Robertson. I got a few young guns coming through. That's what I wanted. You got the rising star, Mitch Georgiatis. Yeah. He's an absolute go. gun. Yeah. So I got a few good guns. I'm just hoping a few more actually get a game and show something, and I'll be on. I'll be easy street, yeah, man. Good luck. I just need to find four, you know, of those young keepers <laughs> to round out my squad for my Premiership assault in two years' time. You on? But anyway, uh, look, I think Kyle Hamon. We can make him two G four P. Yep. He's it's the role. Tired. It's what, the role. Yeah. It's the how the footy's been. Playing. It's getting more inside footy, like playing, you know, getting CBAs and everything. It's great. Uh, Todd Marshall, 95 points, playing a centre forward role, genuine one. So he gets up the ground. Uh, 15 kicks, nine marks. It's still a hard no for me in fantasy, unless you can do mm. this for three or four weeks straight, then I'll reconsider. Uh, Boyd Woodcock had 81 points, best game so far, but he's a pressure forward. Just not sure how sustainable that role is for fantasy scoring, but also his job security would be very shaky too. Kind of monitoring the um, SNFL numbers the last few years and even this year, like that's his level yeah. even in the sandful so um yeah if you if that if that's what you're back in but as you said small pressure forward i'm not too too keen on now and your dons case move on to brisbane versus essendon how they going the uh way? yeah it was a good game of water polo on <laughs> saturday night um joe danaher we'll start off with from the lions 115 is smoking joe too good for the pod uh, yeah, I think so. 25 touches, 21 kicks out of those 25, uh, eight marks, three tackles, a few hit outs. He's probably averaging more than his 2G4P season. I he think, right is. Uh, he was pretty good that year. But yeah. uh, look, fit and firing Joe Danaher is just good for the game. He is so much fun to watch. Plays Carlton this week too. So if he's not 2G right, right now, yeah, he will be after this week. All right. So this is, he's on notice. Yep. Uh, Lincoln McCarthy, 107. Uh, so inconsistent fantasy wise, but plays a fantastic role for his side. Just a tip of the cap game to him. Uh, 19 touches and 11 tackles. So um, those wet weather conditions are probably perfect for him. Yeah, um, definitely. Has his day, but don't get sucked in. What I want to put on notice, Zach Bailey had 40. What the fuck's going on there? I thought he was going to be a genuine premier this year. He's only managed 10 tackles, uh, 10 touches, sorry, and four tackles. Look, yes, he's playing a bit more forward, but this is completely unacceptable because if you're an owner, it's a tough spot for him. Like, yes, he's playing Colton this weekend. It could be a good way to kick your season into gear, but people would have paid some serious overs, especially in some startup keeper leagues this year. Um, he's in a weird spot at the moment. I've said this a few times. He's one of those players that uh, get our um, get our listeners all hot and bothered because he does mm. look good in patches. Yeah. But he's a, he looks a lot better than he is as a fantasy scorer, I think. Like, yes, he gets himself into good positions and he kind of gets himself into situations where he absolutely looks like a star, you know, kicking match-winning goals and stuff like that. Mm. But I just don't know about his fantasy scoring. Like, apart from a purple patch in the mid or middle of last year, we haven't really seen much from him on mm. either side of that. So, I reckon he looks a lot better than he actually is in fantasy, that's all. Like, what would you do if you owned him? You have to go to keep him? Uh, you hold him? Yeah. Depends. Like, if you're talking to Ali where you get 16 keepers, it's borderline droppable at the moment. Mm. Oh, he'll pick up, though, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so, too, but it's just yeah. concerning. Uh, Grant Birchall, on the other hand, who's a million years old, had 77 points. Genuinely a, a player for flag hunters. Get involved in him. He's averaging 75 this year. And he's also playing very high TOG. He's averaging 82% time on ground this season. So, 64% owned. It could be a great depth option for those in the hunt. On to the Dons. Pretty dark night in Brisbane. Archie Perkins, 82 points from him. Look, solid game in tough conditions. Had 20 touches, which is a great effort. Four tackles as well. Did turn the ball over a bit, but obviously tough conditions in the wet. But had a good crack, and that's what I liked. Genuinely, a lot of talent there. Just uh, one who needed a bit of time to develop in the system, I think. Mason Redmond, 75 points. He's low-key having a, a pretty good year. Averaging 67. Uh, had a good game against Port a couple of weeks back. Hef, um, was probably next in line to be a fantasy gun until Jordan Ridley showed up and just showed how good he can be. But 
His score on the weekend was probably aided by the fact Ridley went off with concussion. Um, one you definitely need to look at this week is Mason Redmond, thirty-seven percent owned, uh, good waiver wide option there. Good because, streamer option. Yeah, there. we know we know he's a good player um, and can play that very fantasy friendly intercept kind of role. Now, Devin Smith, 56 points. Seriously, mate, what is he doing? He's got no shield, no Caldwell, and he's running around doing bugger all. Please get in the midfield, Devin. You're a shadow of your former self. A couple of years ago, you averaged 106 points, 21 touches, and 8.5 tackles a game. We re-signed him a couple of weeks ago, and he's just declining in the last couple of weeks. He'll probably get forward status this week, which is a bit of a, a positive for fantasy coaches. But 72 points is still a pretty average effort for a guy who people might have paid overs for this year. Um, you might be able to get a bit more trade value if you do want to offload him when he gets a forward status. But, man, tough scenes at the moment with little Fritzy. He needs to pull his finger out. Um, and a special mention to Nick Cox. Not special mention, sorry. A mention about Nick Cox. 44 points. I think a few people might be upset by his numbers, especially in your other crappy fantasy classic format. <laughs> but, um, look, it was wet. It's not the conditions for a 200-centimeter wingman. Um, also, first-year player, so we'll have the ups and downs, but long-term will be a gun. And just lastly, a special shout-out to Jared Lyons, uh, real heart and soul. Put the captain on him last second in our league as I had to try and chase C, his not win. not the VC. Uh, I had the C on him. I had the VC on oh, Jack wow. McRae. I could have taken Jack McRae's 115. Balls. But I knew I needed to make up some numbers, and I put it on Jared Lyons literally five minutes before the game started. At quarter time, he was on seven, and I said, that's it. I'm Definitely done. He ended up finishing with 130 points. I think you need to announce on Twitter or whatever that you're doing this to Jared Lyons because every time you talk about Jared Lyons, he goes big. So, can you just make sure you let the listeners know when you put in the C or the VC on big, Jared Lyons? Yeah. He, he lifts for me. I actually uh, had the VC on him in, in a league and, uh, <laughs> yeah, took that. <laughs> yeah. As you bloody well should. Uh, but fantastic three quarters from you, Jared. Uh, Adelaide versus uh, Fremantle. So, we'll talk about Adelaide uh, who put up a pretty disappointing performance in a game they probably should have won. Mm-hmm. But uh, look, Lockie Shaw, 103 points. 2G4P. Wow. You reckon? He's well, had, what, three tons this year, I think. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. He turned <laughs> up last week. Yeah, I'm I think he turned to, up I'm round. I'm happy to tick him off. I think he turned up round well. I'll quickly, round one as well. I'll um, I'll quickly look it up here, but I'm pretty sure he's had three tons already. He's listed as a defender. so He's a very good player. That gets uh, that gets people pretty happy. He's averaging 91. Yeah, three tons. 102 round one, yeah. 130, 103. His lowest score was a 47 in round the two. The other week he ran 17 kilometers when he got the rising star. Oh, look, that's, that's 2G4P, sure. Yeah, get him off the show. Yeah, show. Cool. No one's going to give him giving up. Nah. Now, the other one I thought about 2G4P status, which is, again, too good for the podcast. Mm. It's Paul Seisman. Now, he's been 2G4P before. Mm, and back in his glory days. Yeah, those wingers. So, it's basically him and Scholl playing mm. the same role on opposite ends of the field. Mm. And they're both scoring super, super well. So, what's he averaging now? 88 this season. And that was he's had two tons in a row. I reckon maybe give him one more week for Seisman. The only reason I wouldn't 2G Paulie boy is that he's not a long-term keeper for many people. Yeah, true. Like, he could have an absolute banana season and he's still be on borderlines of people delisting him this year purely yeah. because like he's potentially not always going to be best 22 at the Crows. I don't know. I reckon he's one you could get off if someone was like bottom of the ladder yeah, you get and he was playing for him you'd be be out, if, and if you're flag, if you're flag hunting, hunting you want yeah, Seisman yeah. big time. Because they'd be, they'd be willing to give him up because his A, his job security is often shaky even mm. though right now it's pretty good. Mm. But yeah, long term where's he going to be in that yep. side as well in developing And he's going to be a pure mid next year too. Yeah, that too. Wait, is he already? Yeah, pure? he is. Pure, oh, yeah, but he's yeah, not. He's, he's not, not getting, getting back DCP. status back. Like I think is what yeah. I mean. Yeah, no, man. All right, we'll give you another week. 
If he goes 100 again, though, he has to be 2G next Fair week. enough. Fair enough. Uh, Jake Kelly at 86 points. He's actually going okay this year. He plays quite defensive, but if you take away his injury-affected score of 18, he's averaging 79.3. So if you need backup cover for your you know, defender bench, you could do a lot worse than him right now. Mm. And Tom Duda, 74, your neighbour. Is mm-hmm. he still your neighbour? Yeah, he still lives yeah, across the Yep. No, just thought so. Uh, do you ever like get any inside word from him? You ever, no. Do you ever say no, good day, I don't Tom? really see him that often. Yell out your balcony off your balcony to him each no, morning? Not no. quite. We're not quite that close. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, look, I just like the way he goes about it. Yeah. Just floats back, takes a grab. Doesn't score huge, but, you know, a 74 for a defender, last pick. You just set markers, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah big time. And he sure. is, he's a very, very good player. Uh, looking at Fremantle, who had a good win in the end. Uh, one of your boys last year was James H. So, mm. he had 91 points, and he looked like he did last season as well. Had his wing roll, uh, 22 touches, four marks, five tackles. Um, it was a pretty contested type of game as well. So, he was kind of in and amongst it a lot as well. Mm. Kicked a nice goal. Uh, I'm not sure where he's at this season. I think he's averaging pretty low at the moment, mm. but I just thought it was a good game from him. But keep your eye on him because we know he can be okay um, if he keeps this up. And Matt Tabernay, 88 points, and he's starting to find some form now. He's averaging 81.6 from his last three, um, but he's had Crows, Hawks, and Blues over the last three weeks, so they're not well beaters. So he's just one of those players, I think, if he was in like a really good side, he'd be awesome. I think just stream him when Fremantle are home and with a good matchup, I think, as well. So they have North Melbourne this week, so you need him on your field as a streamer. on your field. Do I have him as my streamer later on? That could be a good one. Um, Lockie Schultz uh, is another one. So 85 points. He's one of our favourites, Kay. Neither of us own him, but we do like him. He's almost um, the pin pin-up boy of the Keeper League podcast. Yeah, at the moment, yeah, mm. definitely. Uh, look, half-forward roll, but gets up the ground, does some nice things. Uh, there was a pick-up and delivery inside 50 that it was just absolute class. Um, you know, just something that a good player does, you mm. know. Uh, if you take out his injury effective score as well, he's averaging 83 this season. So, he's another one to stream against North as well, I reckon. So, you watched Hawthorne versus Melbourne? Oh, I did. Uh, we'll start off with the Hawks. Jarman Impey, 94, an absolute... Pick of the yard from the Oracle this year. You had no belief in him, Hef, in the preseason. Nah. I told you he'd be good. You said, no, he won't. He's never played good football in his life. Yeah. And he's delivering in spades for the listeners. Uh, 24 touches. And Hawthorne really give it to him at every opportunity off halfback. He's their um, running carry guy, the guy that breaks the lines, um, the speed player. Look, his disposal efficiency, yes, is a bit of an issue. Uh, 58% on the weekend. But as I said, breaks lines, gets it over that that bit and gets him going forward. So he's averaging 89. Eight this season. Yeah, it's F. huge. Um, back forward status, he will obviously lose that forward status next year. But look, if you're going to bring in, uh, you know, even if he decreases a bit, an 85 average back this year, uh, very nice pickup to, to keep for next year. Jack Scrimshaw, 78. It was his third full game back uh, and showing why he's a very, very good fen- good defender. Really good intercept marker, took nine grabs along with 17 touches. So he's that intercept guy in that that uh, Hawthorne back line. So I think you can expect some really good numbers and consistent scores because of that. Doesn't look to me like the guy who's going to put up big tons or really, you know, go massive, but he's just going to be a person who can score probably somewhere between 70 and 85 each week for you without too much sweat. So you delisted him in the preseason. Oh, I blame the listeners for that. Yeah. (laughs) You can't blame the listeners. (laughs) I was flipping a coin and I was like, I'm going to put this on Twitter. I'm going to put a poll up. I said uh, it was, um, who was it? Nick Blakey versus uh, Jack Scrimshaw. I put a poll up and everyone, I think it was uh, uh, Nick Blakey won hands down. But the thing is he he didn't play at all preseason no. like injured mm. it was really hard to see if he was going to back it up plus he thought like guys like Day Greaves um, uh, you've, you had MP coming back in mm. CJ coming in he thought it was going to be super hard for like to know who was actually going to be in that best 22 but geez I'm disappointed now yeah, that seems to be the story of my off season is every player I delisted 
is going, is well. going nuts. And every player I took, the kind of any kind of like 50 50 or close mm. one, I, I picked all of the wrong ones, basically. Yeah, the anti Oracle. Basically. Uh, but yeah, he went round one in our draft. Um, interesting to track his 2021, but could be a guy that you could do list each year. But um, at this moment, it looks like a, a pretty safe bet as a long term defender. Speaking of uh, defenders, CJ, uh, Jyth had 38 points. Now, a real fallback to earth, one of my favourites, but simply he was made to defend on the weekend, um, which he does not like to do. Uh, So they had Mitch Brown down there, Tom McDonald, uh, Jackson and Gorn went up there at at points too. So along with Frost and uh, Hardigan, Jyth had to play third key tall. Um, It's not his go. Is not good for fantasy football, and I think it's actually bad for the Hawks. Like they need to release him because his run along with Impy is one of the the things that really breaks those lines. So look, only had thirteen touches of the game. His previous worst this season was twenty two, so almost down ten touches on the weekend. Interesting to see what they do, but I'm actually expecting a quick bounce back because if their thoughts was that he could be a proper lockdown defender, I think that experiment failed miserably, and he should go back to his his um, positive role. Just a couple of quick mentions: Tom Phillips. Scored 56. He's averaging 77. And James Warple scored 47. He's averaging 63. Now, when do we start to become really worried here with these two? Now, I had Tommy Phillips pegged to be one of the best scorers this season. Um, Moved to a poor club, got the run of the role, the Wing rolls have just gone ham this year. And James Warple is just, I don't know what he's, he's regressed into a into a hole. Warple had shoulder surgery in the offseason, so at the end of last year. So I think that could be hampering a little bit because he's a player that does, he's heavily contested, relies on big tackle numbers uh, to get his scores. And I'm not 100% sure, I'll quickly look it up here, what his tackle numbers were on the weekend. But it seems when his tackle numbers are down, like he just doesn't score. He's had 190 wise. this year, I think, which was last week. Last week was the only game that was probably above like 60 that he's yeah. had. Uh, for the year. Where is he here, James Warple? Right, so, what do you do for a, a Tom Phillips owner or a James Warple owner? Do you just have to back them in that they're going to come back to being proper premiums? I or? think with Phillips, um, basically because he is a forward at the moment, you've got to back him in because he'll still be one of the better forwards going around. He's not going to be a forward next year, though. He won't be, true. But this year, I think he still can kind of win some 77 is still... Uh, yeah, fine so as, a, as, a, as a forward. Warple only had four tackles on the weekend. It was still almost oh, the third best for the, the team, but uh, yeah, it usually goes bigger than that. What are you going to do with James? Oh, I'm going to keep him. Like, I think this year is just, yeah, he's coming off uh, an injury last year, or the end of last year. It's just taken a wide warm up. We saw what happened to like Tom Mitchell, you know, two years ago, coming mm-hmm. off a similar type thing. Um, I'm worried for this year, but I'm not worried long term. I still have no doubts this guy is going to be a gun. I think, you know, it's just being tested at the moment. You know, it's the first time he's really been tested. He won a best and fairest in his second year. Um, it's like yeah. your team's rubbish this year and you can afford to do that. Yeah. Well, they're, they're only, it's only rubbish on the back of these guys. Like, <laughs> guys you expected to be good. Like a Brayshaw or Lars, like Brayshaw and Warpool are like two of my best midfielders. And you think they're the, two of the best younger players in the game coming up and they've just been, except Brayshaw was good on the weekend at least. But anyway. Uh, On to the Ds. Tommy McDonald, 115. Another Oracle special. I peed in the bounce back at the start of the year to be one of the best forwards in the game. He's currently 10th. Uh, leading forwards of the players who have played three-plus games. Hef, once again, you didn't want to get on board T-Mac, but uh, <laughs> can I get him as 2G4P yet? Averaging 89.6. Although, and He's only had one bad game, which was 48. Ordinarily, for sure. But the thing I just want to see is Ben Brown will come back in this week. And their talk of Wiedemann, they want to play him as well. So, I just want to see if they do bring those in, um, how he goes from a fantasy perspective. But the thing is that he could play up the Grandmore. Well, he's going to be that Roma, I reckon. They'll yeah. leave um, Ben Brown definitely deep forward. Um, yeah, so we'll obviously, Mitch Brown there. would be one that's going to come out. Yeah. Um, 
whether they play all three of them is going to be the big thing. They did say in a press conference they today that, that they're not uh, going to send Tom McDonald back. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that's that handy. If he can play that, if he could play on a wing or something like that, like um, or as a, like just a real high half forward connector, he could be very dangerous. But look, twenty two touches on the weekend, two goals, two ten marks, fit and firing. Um, next four games are against Richmond, North, Sydney, and Carlton. So potentially some some cash in games there too. But uh, very excited to be a Tom McDonald owner this year. A guy I'm also incredibly excited about uh not my boy but geez he's a great player to watch because he pick it 95 points from him could he be the next small forward that is genuinely fantasy friendly like i'm talking toby green i'm talking sirioli back in the day because he's gone 55 70 75 80 95 this season he missed a heap of preseason he had some um I think a death in the family went back to WA, then spent some time in uh, Adelaide getting fit. Kicked, he's kicked 10 goals, eight for the year. He's getting touches. He's getting tackles. He's exciting as fuck. Oh, yes, there's probably a ceiling, but like there's always room for a good, for a genuine forward in your fantasy side, I think. Yeah, look, he could be. Like, I'm not going to write him off or anything like that. He just, the others that you mentioned, your Toby Greens, your Cyrils, they were a bit thicker, you know, and they're not as like, such of a skinny second kid. Second year player, man. I know, I know, Stop I know, being no. mean to second year no, players. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that, like, they just looked a bit chunkier, you know, and looked like they could go and play the inside midfield roles and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Toby Green pinch hits in there. He's playing in there quite a bit mm. at the moment. Um, that's what you need for those small fours to actually be good. Uh, fantasy scorers. I'm not saying that he can't go in and do that. Can't put a, if he puts in a bit of size, that affects probably the way he plays. I don't know. Um, if he keeps doing this flashy stuff and kicking goals and taking grabs and stuff, yeah, he can. For He's sure. so fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, another one of my boys, Luke Jackson, 85 points from him. Loving the developer, development of him. He had a PB, 85 was his PB, and also a PB 22 hitouts on the weekend as well. Um, seems to be playing a lot more ruck. Uh, Gorn's been very dangerous up forward for, for Melbourne, so uh, Jackson had 17 touches, five marks, uh, some really good strong ones too. 68% owned. So if you are in a heft situation, you're down the bottom of the, the table. He's might one you might want to look at because he's got the ruck forward status. Uh, we'll probably hold it again next year. And one, if you're you know, really looking for someone else who could be a long-term player for your side, he's developing nicely. We'll head into his third year next year and do you wanna, uh, loving it. Do you want to trade him to me? No, I definitely I do not. Think so well, I can't then. <laughs> I can't look uh, at just him. Maybe in other leagues, he's not picked up in that <laughs> oh, okay. the waivers. Uh, and a special mention: Trent Rivers, seventy-five points from him. Nice little game. Just, uh, I'm happy to give him the 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 run just to let him do what he wants in his second year because we all know next year he's breaking out and owners at the moment should be very happy with their investment in Trent. All right, let's move on to the last game of the round, Geelong versus North Melbourne. So, Grian Myers had 91 points uh, playing up forward. Look, he does get up the ground to get a few extra kicks and stuff, but he's had three good weeks, but his two best scores out of those, th- like the two out of the three, um, they're coming against Hawthorne and North Melbourne. I just like him to be a little bit more consistent before. I don't think he's ever, like we've said this so many times, he's never going to be a 2G4P player. No. But, He's a perennial keeper league type. And oh. Yeah, you've got to keep mentioning. Another man. Uh, Reece Stanley had 81 points. He only had eight hit outs, so he was absolutely smashed in the ruck. Um, 24 disposals, though, so he got a bit of a around the ground. It's just good to see him um, bounce back in fantasy after a lean few weeks. Uh, everyone knows I rate him as a ruck option, but he's been a bit down this year. He hasn't been as con- kind of consistent as he was previously, so yeah. The issue is in real football, he's struggling. Yeah. And he may be out of the side. Yeah, that's well, that's constantly Reece Stanley's issue. Mm, <laughs> so, that's fact. That's Geelong, Geelong, every Geelong, Geelong ruck runs Ruffin. issue. Yeah, for the yeah. last decade. Yeah. When he does play, he's generally okay. But even when he's been playing, he's been shit this year. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Zach Tui, 80 points. Um, good score, but been up and down this year. Now, I've got written here mid-only, but he's got DPP now, doesn't he? Or did he get it in Classic and not uh, in Ultimate Footy? I'm not sure. I haven't kept up with the Classic ones. I can. I think – I don't know if he got it in Classic. I reckon he's got it somewhere. But anyway, if he is a back, 
uh, then you can get on board. But as a mid only, I think he's pretty hard to field. Um, on to North Melbourne, though. Lockie Young, he had 89 points. He's a pretty versatile player for North. So he plays forward and back and can go up in a wing as well. Um, I think he's on the watch, uh, watch list after this week as well. I think a couple of weeks ago he had another good uh, score as well. well so. Froggy Dumont was pretty uh, complimentary of him in the preseason yeah. um, with his work rate. So... They're going to give these guys opportunities because they brought them in for a reason. The thing is, it's North Melbourne. None of them are going to be good. Um, Sean Atley had 74 points. He's averaging 82.2 this season. Look, sounds gross, but I reckon you should grab him as a best bench cover at the very least. Sean Atley. He's averaging 82. He just looks like he's one of the few players that actually gives a shit for North. <laughs> so, look, I just like him as a bench option. You know, if you need a bench cover and he's going to be available in a lot of wave wire pools, I don't mind him just giving that. Yeah, he's doing it consistently each week while they're getting smashed. Um, Tom Powered, 73 points. Not huge, but coaches will be happy just with how he's progressing as yep. well. He's getting that midfield time as opposed to the forward stuff. Got um got forward in the AFL fantasy format. So if you play Crazy. your keeper leagues there. Um well, it was only for my shit side. Yeah, but, but I don't think he's gonna get an ultimate footy somehow. I think no. it's gonna miss the boat on that one because I think he's playing too much midfield time now. But they would have done because they do it only five weeks, yeah. the first five rounds. It's they only do it now and they include the first three rounds where he's playing a lot up forward. So um yeah, but anyway, we'll see how that happens. Um anyway, that's the end of the round rewind. But uh, yeah, if you appreciate the work that we uh, put in each week to bring you this podcast, uh, please consider becoming a member. Um in return, the members receive AFL fantasy projections, state league fantasy scores, weekly updates of the breakout tracker, as well as uh, many other great premium resources for both uh, draft and keeper leagues, but also AFL classic. They come in pretty handy as well. So uh, yeah, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or click on the link, uh, link description below and sign up today. But each week we read out five gold members. So Kays, do you want to read those out this week? Been an absolute honour and a privilege. Thank you to Justin Woodroff, uh, Frank Pescatore, James Degenhart, Taylor Q and Alastair Ferguson. So, again, if you want to sign up as a member, uh, head to the link in the description below and, uh, yeah, join up and we'll reward you with all our great premium resources. Before we uh, move on to the projections this week, and because we're actually going well for time for a change, <laughs> and uh, we now have all three state leagues playing, we might look at some of the uh, state league fantasy numbers. So uh, we'll start off with a sandful. So um, Tom Rockliffe, he was back to his old self. Like, he had 41 disposals, 19 kicks, 22 handballs, five marks, and six tackles, 142 AFL fantasy points. So I know it's the twos, but you know, I don't know where he's going to be though. He might seem like a fair way off Portland's best 22 at the moment, but. I think with the injury concerns at Port Adelaide, I think Houston went down on the weekend. I think he's mm. actually going to be okay. He's listed as yeah. a test. Um, well, he will be Just listed a as a test. Or like that. Yeah, but I think. He's every chance to play sometime soon, I feel, but I just don't know about longevity in Port Adelaide's side. It's a super tough side to crack at the moment, and I just don't think he has enough impact on the game. But definitely play him on the field when he comes in. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to struggle to get a consistent run at it this year. But there's a lot of coaches out there asking about Sam Powell Pepper as well. So he returned for Port Adelaide and had 93 AFL fantasy points. So I reckon he'll need one more week, case. Mm-hmm. But uh, apart from that, uh, I think he will be back in. Yeah, they weren't soon. overly they said he might need a few like yeah. ambassadors said that today yeah I do think he'll be back in when he is good to go though mm-hmm. um, so the other people that scored well in the in the twos that was Kieran Strawn that's the Crows backup Ruckman so uh, he had 104 he scored 
big uh, twice now, but I just he can't get a game really behind uh, Riley O'Brien at the moment. So um, they'll only play him if he gets injured. So don't really take that with uh, any take any notice of that. Uh, Elliot Himmelberg was the next best thing for the next score for the Crows. He had eighty seven points. I think their two best scorers for the Crows were guys that retired five years ago. So <laughs> uh, I think it was Daniel Jackson and um, Matt Wright. Is he still playing? Yeah, Matt Wright. Yeah, the yeah, captain. So, yeah, yeah. That's right. So you know Jackson played for Richmond. Yeah, like, and then yeah, and then uh, Matt Wright played for the Crows, but they're the best players in the sample, so it's probably not. Daniel Jackson's an assistant coach. Oh, that too. That's yeah. how well they're going. They're still playing. Yeah, playing the coach. Jesus, Matt Wright. I love that though. <laughs> coach and assistant coach are the two best players. You're showing him how it's done. Jeez, they're struggling. I kind of love that. That's real country footy style shit. Yeah, true. Can you play half? Yeah, I'll put the boots, put the boots on. The on the bring boys. the bag. Oh, yeah. I wasn't ready. And he yeah. pulls that. Goes to the boots. Yeah. He's got everything yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, look, Liam Stocker going to the VFL now. Liam Stocker had an absolute blinder. Uh, he racked up 38 disposals and kicked a goal for an fantasy score of 160 so we talked about him uh, in the waiver wire podcast actually because he was highly touted in the 2019 draft uh, Carlton traded up to get to him uh, traded first future first to get him and just showed absolutely nothing when he played but um Look, he could be in line for a call-up given how rubbish Carlton have been mm-hmm. lately. They might be running with a few different players here and there. So, if he does play, uh, let's hope he can bring some of that to AFL level because underage, he was actually a pretty good fantasy scorer. So, we'll see how he goes there. Now, Fiorini case. No, I don't want to talk about him. Had a talk about someone who's game. actually relevant to AFL football. Everyone, everyone used to say, though, like, oh, it's because he's playing in the kneeful. That's why he racks up big scores in the twos. Rah, rah. He did in the VFL, which is a... Better step up in class because playing against Footscray, which is Western Bulldogs twos, who are mm. pretty good at uh, good in VFL level as well. So he's a ball magnet, thirty disposals, twenty four kicks, six handles, eleven marks, six tackles uh, for an AFL fantasy score of one hundred and forty three. Look, if he keeps up this sort of form, surely it's going to be half a Stuart Jew to keep overlooking him. Nothing's too no comment due to keep looking over. <laughs> no Fiorini. comment from K's. Uh, other notable scores in the VFL: Sean McKernan, uh, Connor Ballenden, uh, Josh Shackey, and Colin O'Riordan. I just want to mention one half. Yep. My one of my favourites, Beast Mode, Reese yep. Matheson, notched up 130, had uh, 31 touches. I reckon he could be in line to replace Jared Berry this week. I reckon he might get the call up over your boy Devin Robertson. Yeah, very likely. Uh, I guess how much they reward fantasy scoring over. I don't actually see the game, so I don't know if it's actually a, it was a good fantasy game or actually a good game for my, my kind of thing was that I think they want a bigger body in there, and yeah. Reese Matheson has been an emergency a few times. I reckon he might get the crack this week. And his name is Beast Mode. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just looking at the waffle. So Jermaine Jones, uh, I think it's his first game of the twos after being dropped. He had 131 fantasy points, so he could be. Uh, a good chance coming back in for West Coast. Um, Brayden Ainsworth, uh, he also had a nice score. Um, he had 118 AFL fantasy points. He's actually averaging 108 in the waffle, but I just don't see how he breaks into that West Coast midfield. Even with all the injuries, he never seems to actually come in. And the times he has come in at AFL level, he hasn't been great fantasy-wise. So not someone I'd be considering. But uh, look... Luke Edwards, who was picked up super late in the draft. I think he was their one and only draft pick or their first pick, but it was like pick 50, something like that. He, he had a nice score of 99 uh, AFL fantasy points and he put up some huge underage numbers and he's the son of Crows legend Tyson, Tyson. Edwards as well. So he's just one to keep your eye on because I think I read an article that he had a growth spurt in the, off, in the off season and now he's a 200 centimetre midfielder or something like that. He's a really? Nick Cox unicorn. Yeah. So he's apparently Nick just had Cox, a- Nick Cox, what a bloody gun yeah, he is. Apparently he's just a huge unit now as well. So like a real tall, uh, probably lanky dude now, but- uh, uh, can score fantasy-wise. So, Luke Edwards is one to think about. Um, Fremantle. So, Lloyd Meek was the top scorer at 89 points. Sean Darcy did go down with an injury, but he came back on. So, I don't think he goes back in. But, yeah, 89 points after 31 hit-outs. Um, but 
the more interesting one was Luke Valente. So he played his first senior uh, waffle game uh, since July 2019 and had 89 fantasy points. So the reason why we kind of make note of this is just he was the South Australian captain and a really good junior fantasy scorer, but just been plagued by injuries since being drafted to Fremantle mm-hmm. in 2018. So just another one to keep your eye on because if he debuts, he could be a little sneaky under the radar fly. For like, sure. All right, let's move on to our projections for the week, okay? So each week we do a captain, which is uh, outside of the top 10 uh, scorers in the competition at the, at the time. At the time. Uh, loophole, which is uh, somebody who plays in the first four games of the round, four or five, I can never remember what it is. We, we have to give or take a few uh, that you could put on your bench and see how they go before bringing them on. Uh, streamer, which is someone who is under 75%. Well, that's the way I look at it started. I don't know if you do that. But anyway, no. <laughs> and uh, waiver is a uh, waiver wire pickup, so a waiver wire pickup of the week, which we think might be handy. So let's get on to your captain of the week, Case. Uh, my captain of the week, I'm going to back in Rory Laird. So uh, a good one to to go with the uh, the captain if your VC loophole doesn't work earlier on because they're playing on Sunday. Had 110 last game, averaging 104 this season. Crows midfield still has no Matt Crouch, no Rory Sloan, so they need Laird in there. And the Hawks, who they're playing down in Launceston, I think it is, they're giving up big numbers to uh, teams this year. So uh, Laird could really go big, especially if the Crows get a bit of a roll and get back to some form. I think he's got a real pig game in him this year. Isn't Utah's like a good hunting ground for fantasy scoring as well? I probably. Think some good it's probably numbers. a small oval. It's yeah, probably no. cold. You want to get lots of possessions because he's so cold. <laughs> I think I've read somewhere that it's actually like good for fantasy. Well, he hasn't played there yet, so I couldn't get the stats from that, but I think he averages 90 or something against Hawthorne, which is a good good starting because he would have played a lot off the half back there. It's funny because like Crows never get sent there because like they're quite a good team. Like they usually send the shitter teams there, but now that Crows are shit, now Port don't have to play there like this year. It's just really u- unusual. Mm. But anyway, um, let's move on. Uh, so What's my captain, captain? Yeah. my captain. Uh, yeah, David Mundy is my captain this week. Whoa. So I'm going real left field. Uh, he had a 122 points last week. Uh, plays North Melbourne this week. Uh, he's giving up 85 points on. Sorry, North Melbourne are giving up 85 points on average to midfielders. So that's like to every average, like every midfielder from their first to their tagger type thing. They're averaging about 85 against them. And David Mundy averages uh, 95 against North as mm. well throughout his career. And you know that's coming up against some good North sides in the past when they've made prelims and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I like David Mundy just for a bit of the lull factor as well. But he's actually in some good form as he's well. So ripping, form. yeah. So don't mind him there. leading the way. Uh, my loophole of the week. I'm going in a bit of a a bit of a uh, crazy one, I suppose. I'm backing in Sam Reid from Sydney uh, in some very good form. 84 points and 94 points the last couple of weeks. We know Gold Coast have some genuine issues full stop, especially with their tall stocks. So I think height-wise, he can really expose them down there. Uh, scored 84 points against them last time. Look, he's been the second ruck this year. Uh, so Hickey will, uh, Hickey's out, but um, Sinclair will come in. I think Reid will still back up ruck. Gold Coast still have no ruckman. So he's going to get a couple, you know, probably 10 points, easy, easy hit-out numbers there. Could get on the end of a few nice kicks too with uh, Buddy out. So 20% owned. Uh, you can definitely just bring him in for a week and, and loophole him too. So a bit of a streamer loophole double there. There you go. My loophole of the week is uh, Grime Myers. Purely averages 74 against West Coast. Average, averages 74 at GMHBA Stadium. Um, you know, he had a good score last week, but uh, you know, he's playing against West Coast this weekend. But he's averaging 80 from his last three. I reckon he'll get you a 70 this week and that's what you probably want from uh, your last forward on the ground. Handy. Uh, my streamer of the week, Mason Redman. Uh, he's had a very, very good year this year. Uh, 75 on the weekend. Had a good 92 against Port. Look, with Jordan Ridley out, I think he's going to be that intercept defender. He's going to play the Jordan Ridley role this week. 37% owned. So, you can bring him in to pinch hit uh, this week. Bombers have 
Collingwood, obviously, Anzac Day clash. It will be down the back line a bit. So uh, there's probably more than a, a couple of good reasons to keep him longer than a week too because he's in some good touch. But definitely come in. He'll play that very good role this week and uh, hopefully get you an 80 or so. Uh, my stream of the week is James A. So keeping on the playing against uh, North Melbourne uh, theme, they give up so many points to midfielders, as I've mentioned before. So I think A will go right there. Average 91 against them, uh, which is, I guess, a small sample size. But he did have 108 the last time he played them as well. So hopefully um, he played himself back into form last week and he puts up a good score. So I reckon get James Aish on the field if you need a midfielder. And my waiver wire pickup this week is Luke Dunstan. So if he can hold his spot, he's more than capable to score some good points. Uh, one game last year, tunned up in a, in a crony year, which is a good effort. Uh, had 74 points in a tough game on Thursday night. Look, he's a genuine 80s average midfielder at 52% ownership. Definitely one you can bring in. Yes, there's some riskiness in job security, but uh, a bit of a risk reward uh, punt for me. And I think if he does get a continued run at it, he can be pretty fantasy friendly and score you some good points. Uh, my waiver wire pickup is Callum Sinclair. So with Tom Hickey injured, if you need a ruck, uh, he's probably going to be the next one coming in and uh, you'll be able to get him pretty cheaply, uh, easily on the waiver wire. He's available in a lot of leagues. He scored 93 in the VFL last weekend. He had 31 hitouts against uh, Matt Flynn. I guess he was a, currently an AFL or was an AFL caliber ruckman. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I didn't mean anything by that case. You must uh, feel a bit bad about that one. But anyway, um, that's one I've got in this week. Uh, yeah, purely like if you need a ruck, he's a great one. To he get averaged in. Uh, 60 last year, which is a 72 BCV. Yeah, Career best average 92. Yeah. There's worse ruckman going around there Correct. a lot of for leagues, that's for sure. Um, sign up as a member to get more waiver wire picks because we do a waiver wire podcast every week, and we just put that out before we recorded this. So, uh, yeah, if you want more waiver wire pickups, check that out. But uh, Apple reviews, so uh, please keep these coming in because they help us climb the charts. Had a pretty one, funny one uh, this week. They didn't actually leave a name, but uh, it says, um, "I don't like fantasy football, but my boyfriend does. He listens every single week and now drinks Remedy Kombucha because of the pod." He says it's worth it for fantasy coaches looking for gems and Paddy Dow. So, uh, thank you for that kind review there, Case. No one's it? looking for Paddy Dow. Well, some people were, uh, but they're not anymore, that's for sure. Anyway, let's move on to the listener questions. All right, first question of the night comes from AZ. Uh, who, after a hot start, uh, are you looking to sell high and which ones are you are turning themselves into keepers? Now, I think you should be like oh, Matt Flynn, everyone's talking about. I think he's averaging about 80 at the moment. Look, mm-hmm. looks like he'll come back in. Mm-hmm. you got to remember, Priest is going to come back in, who is there Not probably like genuine number. Two or three months' time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, keeper league. So, genuine... Genuine uh, player, genuine number one ruckman, I think, at that side. So he'll probably battle when that happens. So I'd, I'd be selling Flynn just in case people are forgetting about Bruce. If he does come back in this week, they might even keep going with Mumford. So who knows? Now, this is a bit of a crazy one, but I think I'm saying this only if you're pushing for a flag. So mm-hmm. only if you're trying to win a flag. Don't do this if you're rebuilding. But Errol Golden's scoring has dipped in the last few weeks. <laughs> and there's a lot of hype about him being a good junior fantasy scorer, which is fine. But I think clubs are kind of starting to work him out now. If you're pushing for a flag, I don't know if Errol Goodwin's going to be the one to get you like a big ton on grand final day. You might be able to trade him out while the hype's still pretty big to get, you know, someone like a – maybe someone like – oh, this is probably wishful thinking, but maybe someone like a Dangerfield. If there if there's a team down the bottom of the ladder who's, you know, bit gets suspended, now he might be injured this week, I think he's actually going to be okay. But, you know, who knows what you could actually get for a, a player with this kind of hype at the moment with Errol Goodwin. Like I said, only someone I would trade out if I was probably pushing for a flag, but – 
yeah, he's dipped in scoring in the last few weeks. Could be it's worth a massive call. Yeah, I know. But uh, like I said, I wouldn't be doing it if I was where my team isn't right now. But no, yeah, down the bottom. Yeah, I can just see him having a stinker in grand final day and costing a few people. That's all. Uh, Jane Stevenson, I'd sell purely on not having forward status next year as well, but he started okay. Now, players I would keep would be Chad Warner. His role is just so nice for fantasy and the way he's going. I know he had a down week last week, um, but yeah, uh, I think I'd be keeping Chad Warner just because of the role he's playing. He looks firmly entrenched in that midfield. Always seems to be like, I just look up and he's like just getting a clearance and you know, delivering inside 50. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's great. One person I would keep, Case, after a hot start is Ben Keyes. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> skip. I'm a big fan of Ben Keys uh, this year, so he's going well. Anyway, uh, I'll ask the next question uh, at TTQ03. Thoughts on Dylan Moorcase? Uh, look, he seems like a really nice guy, Hef. Uh, no, look, honestly, I, I I think the way that he plays his role at Hawthorne, he plays it very well. He's playing that small forward role, um, genuine role player at the moment at the side. Look, he's averaging 67 this year, which probably seems about right to me from, you know, he's young, he's... And then the role is what he's playing. Look, I think he has had some big scores, but he probably played a bit more on ball when he was getting those big tons. When he, or not tons, but he had a good score late last year. Um, had some good scores in the preseason too. But I think this is where he's at. Um, they've got a few other guys that probably want to run through that midfield. Look, if he can get a bit more of a bump in there, sure, it might improve. But I think this is probably where you're at at the moment with um, with Dylan Moore. All right, next question uh, at Vulcan Left Hand. Thoughts on Rocky? Will he get a game in the next two to three weeks? I think if he didn't miss a week last week through concussion, he probably would have come in this week. So I think it's a chance with the injuries like to players like Butters out. He was running through the midfield as well um, that Port currently have. I know we talked about Houston, but I think he's actually might play this week. But if Houston's out, I think he might play this weekend, um, especially if he keeps performing at Sanford level anyway. He's going nuts down there. But um, I just have no confidence in him playing for the long term of this year. I think he would just come in and out when they need him. So I'd be very worried if I traded Rocky in this year, mm. um, thinking he was going to be helping me out when to win a flag. But anyway, uh, at Trav014, uh, what is going on with Cousins? Uh, surely he can make his way to that side. It's like, uh, is it Will Patrick Wilson from yeah. the Crows? Who's doing it? It's like Wilson all over again. Uh, well, actually, Ben Cousins is making a comeback to football oh, this weekend. Is that, is that what he means? <laughs> <laughs> he's playing for like some first I did I see that, yeah. Um, but James Cousins, look, he's been injured in the preseason, was sub on the weekend, uh, didn't get on the ground. So he's, he's got to be close. Yeah. And if he does play, he's a proven scorer. So keep the faith for a couple more weeks. Uh, at DJ Quinlan 75, where is Jack Bytel at? Mm. Uh, worth holding on to or take a chance on a stocker type in the draft? Well, basically, Jack Bytel is at a club with too many overpaid midfielders that they need to play. Correct. Uh, so, unfortunately for Jack, he looks a player both real and fantasy, but he's stuck in limbo with a, with basically someone like um, Luke Dunstan, his teammate. So, they have to play Crouch. They have to play Hill. They have to play these guys because they're on such big cash. Um, you know, Paddy Lipinski is another one who's in this limbo where he's a very good player, but he can't just crack it because they've got so many uh, gun midfielders. Someone like Stocker is almost in a bit of a similar situation. Midfield to me, isn't as good at Carlton. No, but there's still a lot of similar kind of types, you know, that, you know, younger half forward wing midfield kind of role, you know, like. He played more defense in his first yeah, season, but, but I'm not sure if that was just to yeah, kind of build him into it. I think it, it was yeah. more to do that, but yeah. like you've still got, you know, do, are they still going to persist with Dow? Are they going to bring him back in? Are they Dow's gonna, gone. Yeah, but are they going to play, keep playing Kennedy and they keep playing Fogarty, you know, like why do they keep playing Jack Nunes? Like what's Michael Gibbons doing in there? If they're, like, they're in a weird spot, Colton, and yes, he could be one who just kind of comes on leaps and bounds, but for me, you're kind of going from, you know, one extreme to, Basically the same extreme. You just 
a guy it's who not can't extreme. crack it. <laughs> you're going sideways. You got yeah, yeah. But you're not winning. Yeah, exactly. You're not going forwards. No. I I'll probably stick with Bytel over a stocker right now, purely because he is in a really deep midfield but still getting a gig. Mm. Um so and he scored okay when he's actually played. I think too. round one when Crouch was out, he was fine. He had a pretty good score. So um yeah, I'd probably stick with Bytel for now, but keep watching Stocker, especially what we saw in the VFL, and if he comes in and plays a similar midfield role, mm. uh, it could be pretty handy. Um, at AFL Fantasy Qs, Will Phillips, will he be a good fantasy footballer? It's his first year. Yeah, give him he, a break. He hardly well, he hardly played any football last Didn't year. Didn't play any. Yeah, at least Tom Powell played football last year. Yeah. Like, I think even Campbell and Goulden played a bit of like – um, local football in Sydney, whereas you know yeah. Phillips didn't play any. He's so slightly built, like Tom Powell's a bit bigger than him. Like yeah. the goal he kicked the other weekend when I was watching against the Crows is a nice little sausage from the pocket. Like he's got talent, he just needs time. So Give if time. you are genuinely investing in him and in your keeper leg, don't don't stress too much. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. Next question uh, at Tom W Dickman: How long is too long to hold James Rowbottom and Jackson Hately? I've had them for three years now and suddenly neither can get a game. Robotham was injured, wasn't he? So, he's playing this and weekend. he's playing this yeah. week. It's been horse confirmed. Yeah, he's actually already said that he's playing this weekend. So, yeah. don't stress on Robotham. Now, Haley didn't play Sample on the weekend because he was held out as an emergency for the Crows. So, he can't be too far off. I think players like, you know, maybe someone like a Berry or Rowe um, could make way in the next couple of weeks, uh, especially after this loss. I think it might be the Catalyst because they're actually performing quite well. I think if someone like Berry goes out, I think Haley is the next one in. So, yeah. I yeah. think Berry's playing more of that midfieldy kind of role that Haitley can like Barry's yeah, Barry is going forward, forward pressure but yeah, too, but yeah. I think Haitley's more likely to to be more I think their midfield role. needs a bit of a hand in there. So I think they'll mm. bring an extra one yeah. in and I think if they do it will be Haitley. So yeah. yeah. Um our next question case. Ben Downey. Yep. Best treat to best sorry, best beer to drink when your keeper leg team is zero and five. Have you're probably the best person to answer this question? I just don't think he deserves the best beer at all. He doesn't <laughs> deserve a beer. Um you deserve a West End draft, mate. Hey, <laughs> you can have a good beer when you win a game. Look, mate, Ben, you need a beer as dark as the situation you're in, my friend. So I definitely pop the top off a uh, Cooper's or a Southwark Stout. Oh, look, if we're going dark, then I'll, I'll do a Brewboys Ace of Spades stout, my local craft Keep brewery local. that I go to every uh, stout, second day. <laughs> getting stout weather, so I'd get one of them in tea. Uh, it's always stout weather, mate, but uh, look, I guess in winter, people who don't drink a lot of stout drink it then. It's delicious in winter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the last question is comes from... Uh, over the line podcast, uh, over the line sports podcast from Zaino, who is also in our podcast as Keeper League. He's asking us to discuss a trade that happened in our league. Mm. And he's got the bottom here, get him, Hef, at uh, <laughs> the bottom here. Uh, so Kay's traded to Zaino. You traded Stephen Cornelio, mm-hmm. Lockie Whitfield, mm-hmm. and Jordan Clark yep. for Jeremy Howe, yep. <laughs> Matt Flynn, yep. and Peter Lipinski. Yep. What were you thinking? Uh, I might have had a few beers, but. Basically, what happened is it all- Sorry, I'm going to hold it there when I had a few beers. You know when Roseanne Barr like took heaps of like drugs and like tweeted racist things yeah. and everyone said like, that's just because just because he took the drugs doesn't mean you're not racist. It means that that's deep down, this is what you feel and the, the alcohol, the booze brought it out in so you. So, deep down, a bad trade. Deep down, I think you wanted these players. So, uh, don't blame the booze, mate. No, all right. So, my <laughs> thought process, right. So, I think I'm in flag contention. Uh I only basically had um, Jared Witts as my ruckman, Peter Wright, not Peter Wright, uh, Zach Smith is on my list, and Levi Casbolt was currently my number one ruckman because 
Maddie Flynn's not fucking playing. But um, so I needed a ruckman. So I needed to replace that. And I am in the school of you don't like to pay over for anything. You like you'd rather cop zeros than trade away shit. Whereas I think that you you draft badly, like I did, and didn't get some adequate backup that I have to pay some overs. So, so you've got to give away Whitfield and Canelio to get Matt Flynn. Firstly, Jordan <laughs> Clark is dropped, and we may not see him again for a while. So is He's, Flynn. So is Lipinski. So and how's injured? Well, I didn't expect how to do a hamstring. That's like. Rough. Anyway, Matty Flynn was will come back and he will score very well for the next eight to ten weeks while he's number one ruckman. Paddy Lipinski, I see a future in. So he was just nice for state lines. Anyway, getting on to it. Lockie Whitfield, I have a gut feeling that his injury is a bit worse than is being led on by the Giants. Maybe a little source there. He's a once in a generational Stephen fantasy score. Canelio is past it. No, he's not. He's past it. He is not. The captaincy has done nothing for him. We'll get rid of it and then it'll be good again. Well, they this might is a keeper league. We play more than this year. Sure. But anyway, I want to win again because I have won a flag. You won't league. win with those you ends. You haven't won a flag. You won't win with those Canelo's ends. Canelo's not playing again this year. Jordan Clark's nothing this year. Lockie Whitfield may play a bit late. Either way, you've just, you're not going to win with those players you've brought in and you've just ruined your team for next year. I've so ruined my team. Anyway, I can draft again next I reckon year. You've, I reckon you've got to say this was you've stuffed up this one. This was uh, a really bad trade. I would like to say- This is hands oh, down probably the worst trade I've ever seen in any of my leagues. No. Nah. So, what I'm saying <laughs> nah, is that you can only judge this at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll judge it now and at the end of the year and I'm sure it'll you be the same. You judge away. All right. No worries. I am the oracle and I've got a vision. Yeah, I'm sure. This is- I don't even- I can't even see how this one's coming out. But anyway. I don't need your sympathy. Cornelio and Whitfield and Clark I don't want your out for Howe, Flynn and Lipinski. Let me just repeat that. To be that honest, that I actually think really it's Howe, Flynn and Lipinski in for Whitfield, which is a fine deal. No, it's not. The other two are superfluous. Howe's had like one good season, which was like last year. I know he was going okay this year, but- and then he's he injury was averaging prone. 90, man, and then he did a hamstring. Injury prone. That's not my fault. Oh, well, let's leave it's it at that. It's a keeper league, and Pale Lipinski will be 120 average forward next year. <laughs> yeah, Whitfield and Keneally will be doing nothing. Anyway, uh, let's leave it at that, and we'll wrap that one up. So, get around us on our socials, Keeper League Pod, uh, at Keeper League Pod, that is, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au. Check out our website and sign up as a member from there if you do appreciate the podcast. Uh, what else do we need to plug? Get around Zambrero, get around Rem and uh, make sure you use the coupon Keeper20 if you want some cheap remedy and I think that's basically it this is probably the shortest podcast we've had in a long time case so well done for getting stacked full of content though absolutely the Oracle yeah. is back I don't think that could be a more compressed time efficient podcast I don't reckon so anyway so good it could be a German railway system <laughs> that's pretty efficient mm-hmm. anyway uh, let's leave it at that and we'll talk to you next week see you guys